In times of worry. In times of caution. In times of sorrow. In times of shame. In times of guilt. In times of joy. In times of satisfaction. In times of confusion. In times of grief. In times of heartbreak. In times of repair. In times of blindness. In times of solitude. Always remember to breathe. Calm the mind and tame its ghosts. Ted Singh and Daryl Ellison Jr. First off, I want to thank you for uh, for joining me today. No doubt. For doing this interview. Yeah. Appreciate it a lot. Um, so my first question for you is, uh, who are you at your deepest level? Who do you believe you are at your deepest level? Mm. At my deepest level, uh, I know that I am a kind being with a loving heart that believes the best in people until I'm proven otherwise. Uh, I believe that everybody deserves understanding, deserves a chance to be heard, whether they're right or wrong, and to be understood before any sort of judgment is made. Um, and if any judgment it needs to be made, because who are we? Um, everybody comes from a different and unique place. And I was raised in, around a lot of love. I was raised with a lot of love. So um, I believe that I have a lot of love to give. So that's what I believe I am at my core. At my core, at my core. Okay, okay. Do you ever, um, like you said, you was raised around love. Like, mm -hmm. does that, do people usually, they have a problem with that? <laughs> not, not a problem, but they like, they always want you to have went through something. Because I know for myself, yeah. people want you to, have to have went through all black families. Yeah, be no like doubt. something traumatic. <laughs> yeah, and I just wonder if that's that ever came up. For sure, man. Uh, there's certainly trauma there. Yeah. Um, but the love that I receive outweighed the trauma. Um, the story of the pain and the angst, the frustration that comes with being black in, in America. Um, as being black anywhere else means something different. Um, that didn't come until I approached young adulthood and, and grew into adulthood. Um, you know, there were incidents when I was younger, but nothing that, that really took me off my course. Again, the love outweighed um, any trauma that was there. Um, I have four people I consider the uh, four pillars in uh, of my foundation. The four pillars of my foundation that support my foundation. There was my great grandmother, her son, my great uncle, and that would be my father's grandmother, my great grandmother, my father's uncle, my great uncle, my mother, and her sister, uh, my aunt, who was also my godmother. Okay. Um. So speaking of your family, how was your, I know you said you had love, but like how was your, to go a little bit more in detail, like sure. how was your upbringing, like where'd you grow up at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
uh, I laugh and smile because um, I didn't realize um, that at the time that those moments were as precious as they were. It would be uh, as uncommon as they were, you know, as again, as I get older and as I grow. Um, I was raised in only child. I'm a mother's only child. I was born, when I was born, and the first two years of, the, of my life were spent with my mother and my father together, but I don't consciously remember that. Okay. Um, there are pictures, there are audio recordings to, to as proof as evidence. Um, what I do remember is growing up um, with my, in a two-family flat on the west side of Detroit. Um, my mother and I stayed upstairs, and my aunt, my godmother, uh, that I referred to earlier, she stayed downstairs. So um, I had two mothers in one household, okay. and uh, kind of a, a built-in babysitter with my aunt because uh, she wasn't married and never did marry and doesn't have any children of her own. Okay. Um, I am the closest thing to a child that she has, so. Okay. Um, that's that's also a big source of that love. So I grew up there, um, and most of my my childhood was spent by myself. Um, I interacted with my cousins, of course, on holidays and family functions. I had a couple of cousins, a few cousins, within driving distance, a couple blocks, a couple, um, maybe about a half mile away. But they were older than me. Um, and then on my street, it was a one-sided street because directly across was a church, a big church, um, and its parking lot. So of the houses, uh, the homes on that one side of the street, there were two other children. One was older than me and one was younger than me. So um, I did interact with them, you know what I mean? Um, again, my imagination, uh, music, music was a big part of my imagination, the radio, outside, that was, oh, a church. Yeah, my mother my mother took care of the, of the daily raising and rearing. And then my aunt, uh, the li my living aunt, she would take me to church with her on Sundays, starting at four. So at the age of four. So that was the, the root of my upbringing. Dad was around. Um, he would come and pick me up here and there, and, and we spent time together. Uh, more so when I was younger than when I got older. Um, and then again, you know, the great-grandmother, who I refer to as grandma, and my uncle, Uncle Bud, they, um, when my mother and my aunt had things to do, or maybe I lose a sick day or our off days didn't line up, I would spend, I would go over there. I would take it to either his place or her place. And yeah, that was childhood growing up. Great, great time. Um, would you would you say that you were uh, being the only child? Because I don't know how that how it is. But yeah. did you feel like you was uh, more of an introverted person, or you still had you still had the ability to? No. I know a lot of yes, only children. Yeah, kind of get to themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, nah, I was, I was I was more extroverted. Um, because I, I like making friends, I like meeting people, I like being places, um, I like talking, I like laughing, I like dancing, 
So, you know, and in the 70s and 80s, um, you know, everything wasn't so hardcore. So, you know, yeah. R&B, R- R- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. R&B and dance R&B and maybe the, the, the end era and disco uh, is what was popping in my my single di- the single digit years of my childhood. So any house parties we would go to or that I would tag along with my mother to, um, you know, any music that I would listen to, I would catch on the radio, or that I would get to listen to uh, when being watched by my grandmother, well, being watched by grandma, Uncle Bub, or my father. Um, always involved music, so that 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 rhythm, the the social aspect of partying or dancing as a child. Um, yeah, the interacting with the children at church. Um, never shy about participating, never shy about speaking my mind or um, <laughs> just being myself. So, um, and I think that comes just, just from encouragement. Um, my, you know, again, I got to go back to the foundation. My mother and my aunt are extroverted people, you know, and they're women, you know, they're naturally more social than yeah. men are. So, um, and with them both being not retired, but being educators, teachers, uh, also in the special ed field, um, when it came to uh, just interacting with co-workers, you know, the time you put in, um, in the summertime, prepping your room, cleaning your room up before school starts, meeting, mingling with the other teachers, uh, having to hang out after parent-teacher conferences, or um, just just all of those things. Because again, when it's just me, when it's just when you're, you're the only child, um, it's a little more convenient to tag along and, and to be with. So, um, yeah, while I wasn't in grown folks' business or grown folks' conversations, <laughs> you, still, you know, I still had I, I was, I was, that conversations and interactions and just, just things that would develop that type of personality. Okay, so, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like I was saying, I, I, any, a lot of people that I know that are uh, only children, they kind of into themselves they don't allow themselves to kind of like yeah get out there you know what I'm saying so um so my next question is based off of you said that church is a big part of your life mm-hmm. um what role does God play in your life it's it's been an it's it's been evolving and it still is evolving um being raised, okay, okay, so my aunt started, was the one taking me to church. Um, my, my mother had me read, you know, again, being a, a teacher, being an educator, my mother had me ready to read and reading before I actually started school. Uh, and that would be with, you know, your basic rhyming books, Dr. Seuss, things like that, school books. Uh, my aunt, when I would spend time with her, she would also reinforce you know, what my mother was teaching me, and she would also give me reading and reading out loud, but that would be with the Bible. That's okay. what she, that was, that's the, the only book that she, she would be used with me. <laughs> or some children's variation of the Bible, okay. you know, the King James Version, um, just to be specific. For those that may be listening that are, <laughs> you know, um, intricately involved in the Christian faith, which is what I was raised in, uh, the denomination was Baptist. Okay. Um, and going into young adulthood, 
And then when I started college, that's when I moved into more uh, non-denominational, more what could be considered to be Pentecostal or holiness, um, Church of God, Christ type beliefs. Um, that's when I ventured into, the, into that aspect of the Christian faith. And then after that, I just branched out on my own. I got rebellious and just denied it all. Then now, for me, it's about principle application. It's about what is at the core. You know, why are there? Why? Why does the Bible say what it says? Why were those the words chosen to be put into this form and used as a system of a belief in a higher power? And in my studying, not practicing of, but studying of other religions, um, there just seems to be this um, consistent thing, this tenet, this, um, you know, some might call it a mantra, but there's this rhythm, I'll call it a rhythm because I consider myself to be a musical person. Okay. So there's this rhythm to religion, to spirituality, <clears throat> to where there is something higher than ourselves that's operating. I personally, though, don't believe that it's exclusive to who we are, that it's necessarily something outside of ourselves. I believe that um, we are all individually a representation of that high power, be it God, Allah, um, Buddha, Buddha, whatever it is, whoever it is, um, that you use as the, the head, the physical figurehead of your faith. And that, that's where I am. Um, it's very interesting because, um, you know, in childhood it was mainly my aunt and I who were the devout Christians and the rest of our family, you know, wasn't for the most part. They weren't out there, you know, just in the streets or wild and anything like that. Okay. But um, they just weren't as, you know, quote unquote devout as we were. Okay. Um, over time, those family members became much more devout as I became less. So, okay. So the tables turned. <laughs> so they, yeah, the shoes switched, feet. <laughs> and um, where I would be the one in my household, you know, talking to my, or it, yeah, in our household, talking to my mother, or what we refer to as witnessing to my mother about Jesus and the plan of salvation. Um, now she's doing that with me. You know, trying to uh, make sure that <laughs> I'm on the right side of the Lord so that when that great day comes, I will be a partaker in the kingdom of heaven, which is not necessarily my desire, but I get where it comes from, which is a place of love. And I, I get what that means. It means different things for her and my stepfather. She's now, she's been married. They've been married for a while now. But anyway, um, but for her and my stepfather, it means one thing, and for me, it means something else. I don't practice. I used to be a tither, you know, gave my offering. You know, I'm in service. If I didn't make it, I would save it, and I would give it, you know, when I did go. Uh, regular service attender, uh, Sunday service attender. Then if there was a Bible study on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I would be there for that. Um, 
in the smaller churches, if there's a choir, I would participate in the choir. So, uh, Young Adult Fellowship or something like that, I would participate in that. Um, even at one time, I felt I was called to the ministry, um, to, to be a pastor, a man of God, if you will. Um, but again, just let all of that go um, because it's very restrictive. There's an authority, there's, there's a, a spirit of authority involved in it that, you know, causes me to have to subdue myself. Like, like covering yourself? Like, like, like I have to bring myself down a notch. I have to submit myself to um, a congregation and a leader of that congregation. I'm not comfortable with that, you know. Go ahead, you can go ahead. You no, can. Um, is it, you feel like if you were to um, to do that, mm -hmm. to go through with the calling, yeah. that you would have to, it's almost, you would have to give people what they would want to, to hear in a way. It's like, or, or yeah. talk to them Thank in a certain you. way. That, 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 I like the way you put that. Yeah, that I would, that I would have to deliver, yeah. Give, give the people what they want, deliver a message that I might not wholeheartedly believe in, um, especially if it's faith-specific or denomination-specific, too, on top of that. Um, I kind of took a long, like a, a winding path, but I felt it necessary to, you know, as far as where I stand with God and things like that. Um, you know, I wake up with a, with a clear mind and a clear heart, you know, convictionless. Well, I don't like the way that sounds. <laughs> we, we all got those. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not that I don't have any convictions because there are some things that I believe in. There are some lines that I don't cross um, because I understand why they're there. Um, but I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm obligation free. So um, by, by my nature, I have a problem with authority anyway. Okay. I have a problem being told being told what I cannot do. Oh, you gotta see it that it works <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. Um, be it for whatever reason it is, you know, I don't wanna call it, you know, I don't I don't it has its roots in pride and ego. But I don't view pride and ego as the source of that conviction, or the, that personal conviction. It's just really um, kind of like, who are you and why you? Like, who, who made you the authority? Who, who gave you the power? Who endowed you with the ability to dictate this aspect of my life? So I like having control of that aspect. So that's, that's what my relationship with God is. So, I guess you could say, you know, at the risk of sounding sacrilegious, uh, but being honest, wholeheartedly honest, you know, I am God in my life right now. You know, nothing happens in my life if I don't say something. Right. So that's where I am. Yeah. That's uh, that's kind of that's kind of how I am too. It's mm. like not because I went through years of going against it. Right. But it was like uh, it was a certain situations in my life. Yeah. Where it was like I was starting to see. It's not even that out that out because I don't I'm not the type of person that believes that mm -hmm. I'm ever gonna see God. Yeah. But I'm definitely feeling 
God a lot more in my life, just all based off of like intuition. No doubt. Something yeah, I don't trust often. Yeah. But every but. time I don't trust it, it always goes the wrong way. Come on, man. I'm with you on that, bro. And uh, it just took, it took, unfortunately, it took terrible situations in my life. It usually it does, bro. To for, yeah, for, for, for me to like get my head into it. It's like, yes, sir. Uh, and yeah, it was just, I was just, I thought I was atheist. Was, was so did I. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like, but, but then it's got to be something. It's, it's got to be something. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like, okay, well, I got to. Yeah. Yeah, so I might, I, it might not make no sense, but. No, it makes complete sense, man. It makes complete sense to me. I don't count a coincidence that this song is playing either as we get on this topic, which is Aretha Franklin. I say a little prayer for you. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's almost like a message from on high, at least for me anyway. I know one of the questions, I, and I hope I'm not jumping the gun, but one of the questions that you posed was how does, how does God speak to you? And that's that's one of the, the things, like things like that, if, if it's not meant for anybody else, I know for a fact it's meant for me. You know, okay. if it's, um, um, while I don't consider myself to be a numerologist or something like that, they are definitely numbers if you understand what numbers can mean, um, if you understand what certain, the, the qualities of certain creatures, you know, if a certain insect or a bird or just anything, you know, I, I believe that, that God the almighty, the all and mighty, the universal all, whoever, however you refer to him, her, or it, um, meets you on the level, meets us on the level where we are, and speaks to us through terms or ways that are familiar. I don't think anything is used that's foreign to us to get a message across to us, you know, and everybody has their own language. The cool thing is when you link with people who speak your language, then you can often get the same message at the same time. Um, but again, other times it may just be for, for you as an individual. Um, so I think it's the subtle things. I, I know, I know it's the subtle things, it's the little things, the, the timing of things. I don't believe there's any such thing as coincidence. I, I do believe that, you know, mathematically, even though things can seem improbable, eventually, you know, nothing is 100% improbable. Something, it can happen at any time. Um, so yeah, there are those rare moments where um, the seemingly impossible occurs. But if you find that happening more often than not, then uh, my belief is, is that there's a message being sent to you. There's something that is trying to be conveyed to you for one reason or the other. Yeah, it's like a the numerology thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's a number that I always see. Mm -hmm. It's four, four, four. Yeah, bro. All the time. Yeah. Prior it's, to the Jay Z album, right? No, no, no. Oh, it, after. It, 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 okay. It happened after that. Got gotcha. you. Okay, I don't know okay, if it's okay. because that album came out yeah. that I'm getting drawn to it. No doubt. But it was something I, I had looked it up. Um, it was like something's protecting. I, I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but mm -hmm. it. I don't know. Yeah. But it always pops up. Yes, it sir. pops up when I wake up from, from when I'm sleeping. Yep. It pops up way more often than I thought it would. Yeah. 
Yeah. Don't no other number pop up that much. Okay. 808 pops up a lot too. But, okay. But that's Kanye album. Yeah. It's always based <laughs> off some you. music. <laughs> right, right, uh, right, right. Like you said, it's like uh, uh, something that I started to 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 get into and understand is like you were saying, stuff isn't improbable. Right. Or, it's like that's that divine order that that I'm starting to like really uh, hone into for myself because yeah. it's like something ain't about to happen in your life for no reason. Yeah. It's even though it might seem random, it's like it was supposed to be there. That's right. And no matter how bad it is, no matter how good it is, that it's supposed to happen. Right. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm on, I'm on that. That's what's up. That's good to know. Um, has it ever been a, a time where your faith got tested? Mm. And how did you how did you deal with it? Um, yeah, there, there have been a few moments where my faith was tested, and um, you know, you touched on it earlier, being in a trying position and not and, and just that those trying moments or maybe even traumatic moments bringing about an aspect of your character that wasn't there before or, t or a lesson you get driving a lesson home that maybe you needed to learn <clears throat> um let's see so there were a series of events okay um if, if it's too personal no 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 I don't mind I don't okay. mind sharing I just want to make sure I'm concise and that I don't ramble so um, you know, I did. I never failed a class. I always excelled academically in school, and I never failed academically until I went to college. Okay. Um, my my motivation for, for going to college was not for school. It was just to get away from home. And that that failure of school, um, it, it hit hard. It hit tough uh, because I failed at a school. First of all, that was expensive. Even though I had great financial aid, you know, it was a private university, <laughs> um, and it was failing on that level. It was failing on that um, that level of academia where I'm already with a bunch of intelligent, brainiac type. Um, you know, the school that I was at, Case Western Reserve University. Is, uh, is known, it's, it's a research institution for one, and it's known for um, its science, engineering, mathematics, and medicine. Okay. You know, I wanted to go into theater, dramatic arts, cinematography. Why am I there? Yeah, that's, that's a total. <laughs> that's a total. Yeah. But I was in school, for, I was in nursing school because um, they were paying half of the tuition. It was uh, my, my grandfather, my uh, father's father, he uh, was head of nursing before he retired um, in at Metropolitan Hospital, which was a part, it's no longer in existence, it's part of the Henry Ford Health System, but anyway, uh, that was part of the motivating factor, you know, it's, you know, there are a lot of women in nursing school, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's 50% of the tuition being covered. <laughs> and then, um, that's a motivation. That's that is, man. That is, especially in nursing uniforms all day because we had clinicals our first year. So, but anyway, um, I digress. <laughs> um, those factors. Oh, and also what you make. You know, you don't have to put in the amount of education and um, 
and hard work as doctors do, as pre-med students are. Uh, but you come out of the gate with a degree, working, pretty lucrative. Um, so again, you know, my motivation was wrong, but I failed. I failed at that. Um, didn't fully recover for that from that before um, transferring to another school, falling in love, and, and calling myself getting engaged, and then having her break that engagement off. Um, then at the same time, I had just moved out on my own. I came back home for, for school, moved out on my own, and then that was tough. Yeah. So it just seemed to be all of this failure happening back to back. And at the time, that was when I was really my most dedicated in my faith, in my Christian faith. I was a dedicated praying, praying faster, um, <laughs> seeking the word daily. And that's all of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I got the, I got my amplified Bible and my concordance on with my Bible studies and <laughs> the whole nine. Look at you know. So I just I just really went there, and it seemed like when I was the most dedicated, the most faithful, the most involved, believing the heart that I was failing the most, and it just was not making sense to me. Um, I would love to say that my faith pulled me through and, and through a miracle of prayer and some some evidence of, of some sign or something like that that I recovered, but it took time. You know, I lay I now know that all I was doing was growing up and going through the hard knocks of, of adulthood, you know. Um, I believe that unfortunately as most black men, <laughs> um, whether you, well, I think whether you, you know, have, not having a father or having a father not having a father plays a great role, but doesn't necessarily make you a man because there, there's, you know, a rite of passage that needs to occur, and if there's no formal rite of passage, I find, then you, you're you're kind of forced to search for something to validate your manhood, something to happen for you to accomplish something to validate your man. For me, anyway, that's how it worked. And so, um, it was just really through, through time and circumstance and, and getting older and talking to people and realizing I wasn't alone on that journey and, and then processing it after the fact. Going through it was, was mad tough. Uh, but it was, you know, time. As with all things, you know, time, there's no formula to, there, there's no formula to recover from trauma, from pain. There's no formula to it. There's nothing but time. You know, there's no quick fix. There is no, some things you can get over faster than others, just depending on how you're cut, how you're raised, um, what your personal fortitude is. Um, yeah. So that, that, those, those, that series of events definitely tried my faith, tested my faith. And again, just through time, and maturing <laughs> and processing and you know have our recovery yeah I, it's, it's so many things that uh, I think that's why Adrian got link, us to, to link up this, yeah. it's, it's so much of the same thing it's like but and that's why I enjoy talking to you because you being older and having the experience to be able to tell me certain stuff because yeah. I feel that same way often that it's like uh, I 
feel like I've failed a lot. Yes, sir. But now that I'm getting older, I mean, now it's not like I always say it's like it's not a loss. It's a lesson that I'm learning. Right. And that's the kind of that's why I had to keep putting in my head. Um, because if I, if I don't, then I'm gonna just be thinking it's just failure after failure. But it's just sure. teaching you, and you don't get. It's like you said, you don't get taught that. No. I mean, nobody tells you that you gotta you gotta that it's gonna that that's gonna happen. Nobody no. gives you. You know. <laughs> no. No. You wake up kind of one day feeling like either the world failed you or your parents failed you or God failed you or all of the above. Yeah. You know, um, when when it when it really is just actually a wake up call to what this is all about because we get sold a lot. We get sold a lot of talk. We get sold a lot of dreams. We get sold a lot of fantasy. We get sold a lot of hope. Yeah. Especially, especially in our schools, in our community, which is the, the black community. Um, whether you go to a, uh, a well-renowned school or whether you go to the, the most hood or violent school there is, there's just kind of this emphasis on being your best and being the that you can achieve because the world is going to keep telling you otherwise. Yeah. You know, so they put this in you and you really believe it. But the, the, the hope that you have in your abilities versus the truth and the reality of how the world recognizes you or doesn't yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is can, can be a, a fearsome a, a, a fierce not fearsome but a fierce clash yeah. sometimes um, or often often it can be man um, you know living is not easy living living is not easy man it is a if you if you're able to get up and do this every day if you're able to have a dream man and invest in it put the time and the energy and take your Sunday mornings and your off days and things into it while still working, while still processing your whatever's going on in your soul and in your brain and everything. More power to you. Yeah. And for those of us that go on and deal with spouses who have their own bag too and raise children who have their own bag too, like man, that is, that's a lot. And deal with work. <laughs> Come on, man. Is, that is that's, that takes strength. That takes fortitude. That takes desire. That takes like something. Something is motivating you. Something is keeping you from clocking out, from punching out, and from it all. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm done. But go ahead. Yeah, that was just watching. But um, and like it, it also, it seems like it takes those failures to even to push you forward too it's like yeah. that the pressure of feeling like you failed <laughs> yeah. it's gonna make you like uh, it's like it's gonna make you not second guess yeah. what you need to be doing but it's gonna like you, you make the mistake then you learn these uh, skills of how to how to how to avoid that same mistake the next yeah. time that's true you know so that's what I you know that's what I get from it like if I do fail it's like okay now I got now I got all these ways that I can avoid that same thing next time. Yeah. So even though it, it might happen again. Mm -hmm. it, but you, you build, it's like you building up a resistance yeah. towards like feeling low once you 
had that moment of failure. And I think that's a testament to you and where you're coming from and whatever it is that was poured into you in your rearing or in your life experience. Because the, the flip side of that is that it can also paralyze you. You know, it can, you know, you don't you don't punch out, but at the same time you don't go anywhere because you're afraid of it. You find a pocket that works for you and you just stay in that pocket. You never venture, you know, whatever dream you have that might exist outside of that pocket, you don't even explore it because where you're at works for you. Whatever, whatever it is, whether it's a, a person, whether it's a thing, you know, whoever, whatever it is, if it's outside of that pocket, you stay there because you fail so much, you know, that you just don't, it, it hurts too much to move. Um, which, which you can, you know, you can, you can live like that. You can continue day to day like that. But, you know, rigor is going to set in and you're going to get stiff and inflexible and hard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you can't do it, you know. Whether that dream it makes you money or it doesn't. If it's something that you want to do, and I'm just encouraging myself as I encourage you and as I encourage anybody who, who may get to hear this, you know, follow your dreams because it's all you have. It's, it's all you have. Everything else is dictated to you. And that's that's it. That's, that's all I got on that. And like when you're talking about the, the, the school thing, they, yeah. they, now they tell you to, they tell, it's like they don't, they don't push the dream. Right. It's like they push the, the, the just the academic success and like where can you go to make the most money? Money is important to live, but if you don't, like you said, if you don't follow the dream that you want, it's, it can it can lead to no matter how much money you got, it can lead to that that unhappiness. And like I think school should push more because it was a um, when I was going to Mott and. I was going for, I was trying to go for like a ink, like an English degree, like writing. Yeah. To be, to be a writer. Okay. And I was going to go to U of M, but it, it was, um, it was this guy, he, no, it was this lady that I was working at Lowe's at the same time, and she was asking me what I was going to do, and I said I'm going to go for writing. Mm -hmm. You know, she was like, oh, no, don't, don't, don't do that. There's no money in it. Come and it's not a job that's going to go nowhere. So I just don't understand. Okay, so you put the programs in order for people to take the classes yeah. and to get the degree. Yeah. But then you also tell them that it's not a it's not a degree that's going to take you nowhere. So it's yeah. like, what's the point of even having a, having a dare? What's the point of even telling somebody to... Right. to to dream mm -hmm. if they got if they gonna dream to be in a box exactly. you know what I'm saying yeah it, it just don't make no sense to me it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't and that's why I stopped you know I, st I didn't graduate I, I went to I went to Case Western for two years private university came home went to Oakland Community College for two years community college then I transferred to Eastern and went to Eastern for two semesters and that's, you know, state school. So I've had it on every level and no degree. And I don't feel bad about it. You know, whatever debt I had, I paid off years ago. So I'm grateful for that part. But um, school, like, it, it, it's funny. I mean, you said it. 
you know, the, they offer you the program. It's a program. It's, you can, I mean, anybody with a basic sense of phonetics, alpha, the alphabet, <laughs> you don't even need to know punctuation because that's what an editor, an editor is for. Yeah. You know, you can put your words down on paper and, and you are a writer. Yeah. You know? Whether you're a certified, a certificate, you know, a degreed writer or not, that's a whole nother story. But the degrees and the programs, that's all part of a greater system which is there to make money off of your talents. It's like a scam. It's a scam. It is a scam. Well, <laughs> <laughs> for and either you, you have the money to if you can play the scam, because scams do work for some people. Some people they don't work for everybody. Most people they don't. That's why it's a scam. <laughs> but for those that are able to play the game or who have the connections to go through the loopholes of the scam, you know it works. I've seen it work for people. Yeah. But not me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Cause I'm. Uh, Cause my whole life, like they, uh, anybody from like mentors or something in school, mm -hmm. they just tell me just yeah. You need to you need to do this. Go to go to college, but it's like if, like you said, you went to a bunch of different colleges. Mm -hmm. If that's that's more so telling you something that that's not where you going. Not saying that it's not where you can find your success at, but it's like it's something else that's keeping you from yeah. doing that. Thank you. Man. Something that's drawing it. you to something else. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I'm and I wish they would they would. They would push that more. Yeah. In the schools, trust your intuition. Go with your, you know, mm -hmm. like people say. Try. Don't focus so much on the, the having your dreams be your plan B. Mm -hmm. Go for the plan A. Make it the plan A. You know From jump. Yes. Because yeah. plan Bs are all around you. You know, all these over there, Coles, Panera. GM, there's plenty of plan B's out there that you can fall back on and keep from being a bum the rest of your life. And then in any of those places, you can work up in the middle, assistant management, management, maybe store owner. There's plenty of plan B's around for all of us. But it's the plan A people, you know what I'm saying? Like you said, you know, turn making that dream your plan A. And that's one of the things I appreciate about these younger generations that are, that are now coming up, like really within these past like five years or so, is that with the access being provided by the internet, cellular devices, tablets, and things like that, they're getting to see that you don't necessarily need school. They're getting to see that the world is a marketplace that you have access to and you don't necessarily have to go through a big name you know, or some huge entity to get exposure. That that'll come as long as what you're producing is has heart in it and is quality.
about me is that I'm not silly, um, that, I, that because uh, I may be as intelligent as I am, as intellectual as I am, as, I hate these next two terms, as articulate and well-spoken. Man. So they don't, so you said they don't think that you have humor? Like this. Yeah, man, it's like, okay, okay, let me back up. Let me let me back up all the way and make it simple, simple. Um, basically, that there's no hood in me at all. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I'm not in any rush to prove it, you know. Um, because, you know, the, the, you know, that term hood, I know where I understand where it comes from, and it comes—it's it's really just that sense of community that comes from a common circumstance that most of us have shared, right? you know. And because I carry myself a certain way, oh, you must not have come through those ranks. You must be from a more—you must be cut from this cloth over here, which is a, a little different from mine. So. You know, you kind of got to prove to me that you from this, you know, and I'm, I'm not talking nothing as serious as set tripping or nothing like that, like nothing like that, <laughs> but just the simple, the simple things that, that come, um, I'm not, I used to be somebody who smiled, who kept a smile on his face, that doesn't happen now, not because I'm not happy. But because it just, it sets me up for disappointment. I'd rather not have the smile and then have somebody or a situation bring it out of me and then I share it than to just keep it on my face. All the time. Um, I, it's a line from training day and as cliched as it may be, it is the honest truth that all you have are your smiles and your cries. Like those are the most personal and intimate things that you can share with somebody. 
and even if it's not a literal smile and a literal cry, it'll be a metaphorical one where you share a joy in your life, whether it be you, you introduce somebody to your child, or you introduce somebody to your parents or your family, you bring somebody around your intimate circle, or you share a pain with somebody, uh, intimate secret about some, some trauma that still bothers you, something you may be currently experiencing and working yourself, working your way through and you just need somebody to lean on, you know, all that you have are those things. So for me personally, I mean, and for me, I, I feel that. So I guard that because I have been much more willing to share those things in the past, but it's come back to bite me in a way that I don't want to be bitten anymore. So... Um, and it still happens. Like I just had, like it, when it ha it happens less frequently now. Um, but it kind of stings a little more now when it happens because of how guarded I am and how I feel. Like, dang, I thought I put this person or this situation through the, the filtration process. And I, I thought that this situation, this person, was worthy of me sharing this with them. But now I'm seeing that, you know, maybe I jumped the gun. Yeah, dang, if, if I go misjudging again, or I go being too open again. Yeah. But sometimes, you know what I'm saying, I think that's part of paying dues in life. You reap what you sow. And, you know, you may have more painful or traumatic experiences in number. But... From my experience, those joyful experiences, those happy experiences, they may be fewer in quantity, but they're greater in quality yeah. and in terms of the lasting effect. So, um, so yeah, that, that would be a misconception I deal with now, uh, is that, um, yeah, so that's it. I'll stop there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Is there is there a song that you listen to that that motivates you in any way, <laughs> or you can hold off on that? No, no, it is. Um, and when I and when I saw that question, I, I had to think about it because there are a lot of songs. There, depending on what the the what how I need to get going, you know, what mode or mood I need to be in to operate. They're different ones. Um, there are two. There are two. I'm going to give you the first one. The first one that came to me and that will not leave me. Um, oh my God. His name. I, I got the song title, but I want to do him justice. Um, oh my gosh. I know his name. What's, what's the song title? I'm going to tell you real quick. Alright, All right, so the song, the song title while I'm pulling it up is I Ain't Done. And Yeah, thank you, man. Andy Maneo, M-I-N as a Nancy E-O. Andy Maneo. Andy Maneo. Okay, okay. Okay, the song is I Ain't Done. And Andy Maneo is Christian in faith. I found this song after letting go of my Christian faith, but it still resonates. The truth in and the heart of the song still resonates with me strongly. Um, I view him as an MC or a musical artist uh, because he does have 
you know, some singing songs. But no, I'm going to give him this credit. I'm going to give him this props. As an MC, Andy Maneo, he's an MC who is a Christian. He's not necessarily a Christian MC. But anyway, that song, um, if you, you haven't heard it before, right? I'll take it. Okay. When you listen to it, you'll, you'll understand. Um, the beat is hard as what. <laughs> the beat is hard as what. And the message is even harder. And I'm talking about on my worst day and on my best day, I can listen to that song and it will provide me with the motivation. Um, the, the smile or the cry, whichever it brings about, because it, it can bring about both. Um, somebody said recently, though, I heard, I heard somebody say, or it was quoted, that, that tears ain't nothing but, but bad. Oh, it was belief in fatherhood. I'm belief in fatherhood. He said tears ain't nothing but a bath for the pain. And yeah, it's a so, bath. For the bath. A bath. Yeah, okay. yeah, a bath, a bath for the pain. A cleansing, cleansing for the pain. Um, but I ain't done, so I ain't done by Andy Maneo uh, and uh, Say Hello by Jay Z. Yeah, that's my Brad, <laughs> that is when I feel opposed in any way. Oh my goodness, that gets me on my square in an instant. Just, just hearing the intro, I know that album, Daniel. Backwards and forwards, yeah. Man, this is my favorite Jay Z. That's my favorite. It used to be, it used to be reasonable doubt. Right, right, right. It was like that was like the second coming of that album. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, those two, man. Yeah, that's funny. Um. Yeah, that that album, that album is amazing. Amazing. Um. So it's a it's a question that I. Got this kind of off. Okay. So, um, what what is it about music that when you listen to it, mm-hmm. what does it what does it bring to you? Because I mm-hmm. I know for myself personally, mm-hmm. it's like it like I learn way more mm-hmm. from music than I can in any other way. Yeah. I learn I learn more about my faith through through music. Yeah. Um, not that I'm. Any denomination of religion or something, right. like that, but it's like it ways to pull yourself through things That's and real. stuff like that. So yes, um, music is is my best friend and has been my best friend as I alluded to earlier through, through childhood, since childhood. Um, all that you had to do to watch me as a child growing up, and I'm talking three, four. Um, put me in front of the record player with the records and some headphones and I'm good. I'm good. Um, music is the rhythm and vibration of the world. It's the rhythm and the vibration of the world without politics, without religion. It's the heart and the soul of the world through the music. That's why some songs transcend their lyrics, you know, because it's not, the message is not always in the lyrics. The message will be in the music. Keys set tones, rhythms set tones. They are primal, they're instinctive. And when you get to the science of it, 
we are all sympathetic creatures, meaning that we respond to one another whether we want to or not. We innately respond to one another. That's why stuff will get to a certain point at work sometimes where it's unbearable for everybody because you have 600 people pinging off each other or however many people, just in our department, 80 people pinging off each other at the same time. We are sympathetic creatures. We are, according to science, mostly water. And when you look at how rhythm and vibration move and motivate water, that's exactly what it does to us, whether we want it to or not. That's why if you hear a song long enough, you're going to remember it. It's going to resonate. It literally is resonating in you. Yeah, even if you're away from it for a minute. Exactly. Yeah. So we, and that's, you know, again, why we must be careful what we consume. Um, we also must be careful who we are around. Um, but going back to music, that is my relationship with music. That's the, the relationship, whether we want or not, that we all have with music. That's why it's been around as long as it has. Um, and it starts with the drum because your heartbeat, man. <laughs> if you don't hear anything else, you hear that. You feel that. You feel the rhythm of your body. You feel, and if you're given something, a tabletop, a pen in the tabletop, you're steering with your fingers on your, on your steering wheel, you're going to be a musical person. Snap your fingers, suck your teeth, whistle, talk. Talking is talking. musical. Yes, to talk with the rhythm of your voice go up. <laughs> Music, music is the, the, the thing that lets us know that we're still alive. And I think that, you know, even if we were to all vanish and no longer be alive here, and something or somebody was to come behind, they are going to find all of these literal records, recordings of life stored in here. You know, and that's also why I'm a firm supporter of purchasing hard copies of music <laughs> as opposed to the digital. You get closer to the true vibration intended by the artist, and it will always be here even when power and electricity fail. Um, and you could say that it's God given. You know, if you believe in creation, if you believe that we're created, if you believe. Um, that that's something bigger than us gave us this heart, gave that which has a rhythm and, and everything. Um, man, then, then you believe that, that music comes from on high. Music is inspired by the awe, by the creator. So, yeah. yeah it it seems like it's the, it's the most... I know for me it's like the most organic thing. Yeah. In, in my life, it's like it, it, it just, I don't know, mm -hmm. I, like I can be at work all day, that's all I'm doing, I ain't got to talk. At all, yes. <laughs> and I can just, because I be so deep into it, because I'm, you know, like, I, I have my, my father in, yeah. in my life, but it's like, I need another perspective, yes. I need a, like somebody to, somebody to, because he can tell me everything he wants to tell me, right. but somebody else that has a perspective that's different than his that might help you a little bit better. Right. So it's like like Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Yes sir. I I don't learn so much 
from listening to his music mm-hmm. and how to how to treat people, how to yeah. go about doing things about That's building nice. faith. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm I'm on the same way. It's like it's it's something it's something deeper than I don't even know how to explain it. You know what I'm saying? So um, um, is there a personal mantra that you repeat to yourself to keep you going throughout the day? Yes, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. Oh man, my personal mantra, man, my mer- my personal mantra that gets me through the day. Y'all ready? Ready? Breathe. 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 That's it. Breathe. It gets hectic. Whether 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 it's hectic because of how exciting and, and eventful it is, or if it's hectic because of how tra- like how tra- yeah traumatic or traumatizing and stressful it is. Breathe. Breathe. Slow yourself down. Breathe. Ground yourself. Get focused. And look. Oh. And that's the other thing that leads me to my my second. When it's really tough, when it's really tough, first is breathe. And after you breathe, or excuse me, after I breathe, <laughs> and I relax, and I ground, and I'm centered, and I'm focused. After that, none of this is real. <laughs> Those two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Um, yeah, because that's that's true. Because I've yeah. been using that too about the breathing yeah. and trying to because they say it's some scientific. People, we don't get taught. Yes, that that's a that's a, a normal way. We always want to just go for it, be impulsive. Yes, sir. Instead of taking the time to figure out, like you said, if like my therapist always tells you, fact or fiction. Yes. If is it actually happening? Thank you. And at the same time, does it really matter? Does it really matter? That is happening. Yes. Um, just like those traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. If you, I was talking to my dad about this. I was like, you go through something, but then if you look at the grand scheme of things, yes. at the end of it all, yeah. you're going to understand that that was like the smallest blip yes. that could ever happen. It don't matter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because I was talking to him about the Will Smith thing. I'm like, at the end of the day, in in People don't forget, they might not forget about it, but mm-hmm. it don't really matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, they can take everything away from him, but yes. his the impact that he, stuff he's done is still gonna be there. And it's at the end of the day, it's just not gonna matter. It's not. In a hundred years, ain't nobody gonna know about it. Nah. <laughs> you know. Nah. So it's like for real. Yeah. So it's like walk with yourself through overthinking. I have that problem, it's like trying to just overthinking sometimes, but I gotta take that advice to you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's um, overthinking is um, can can be a, it can be a necessary part of the process, especially in unfamiliar territory, because 
you have to consider all angles. Depending on how crucial the situation is, you, you may need to overthink some things. I've had to overthink some things. Um, when, the, when the overthinking, though, is overriding the, the intuition, excuse me, is when uh, I find it to be a problem. Because if my gut, my well, at this stage in life, I'm in tuned enough with myself and my spirit to where I know yay or nay, like, or when 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 that yay or nay comes, I know. Like, I know there is no overthinking it. It's but but for those pockets that occur, um, there may be a lot going on. Um, my vision may be cloudy, blurred. Maybe I'm not getting enough sleep. Maybe I'm overworked. Something like that. Um, something happens that triggers me in a certain way. Let's say, gotta overthink it. I have to look at it from every angle because I that that apparently the situation that happened happened in a way where I would not have conducted it that way, and that's why it's affecting me. Okay. The, the person acted in a way that I would not have acted, or that I don't feel I deserve to be treated. Yeah. Or the situation happened that I don't feel I'm responsible for, or something like that. That is when, in my opinion, the overthinking begins. If we talk again, if we go back to mathematics and let's say that everything has 360 degrees, you know, it's a lot of degrees, man. You know, it's a lot to, and we're just going, if you want to talk about heat, going from 75 to 80 is a big difference. Going from 40 to 80 is a big difference. You know, you're going from a jacket to shorts and a t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? So, but you, but you gotta, you gotta consider it from every angle because you gotta be prepared, um, especially if you're out here by yourself. Um, it's not to say that your spirit, your spirit guide, whatever, angels, ancestors, or the most high may be doing and working behind the scenes for you, you know. It's happening for a reason, let's just say that. When you overthink it's happening for a reason, whether it's necessary or it's telling about maybe something you need to work on. And, um, everything has its place. Um, as somebody younger than myself, and seeing a lot of myself in you, when I was at the stage that you're in in life, you know, I would encourage you to um, be gentle with yourself, be fair to yourself, and understand that you have a desire, you have a heart, you have a will, and you have a, a life and a path. And sometimes it's, it, and actually from my experience, more often than not, it's solitary. If you get somebody that's able to walk with you along that path, man, you are a blessed and favorite person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but in the meantime, be gentle with yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be fair to yourself. Know that you matter and you count just as much as anybody else. Be it an elder, a peer, or somebody younger than you. We're all just as valuable. But you are more valuable to yourself than anybody else because at the end of the day, that is who you always have. That's all. That's all I got. Great, man. This was awesome, man. I'm glad I participated. This is, uh, you know, I appreciate you. I love your heart, man. 
Thank you. It's touching, it's motivating, and it's inspirational for real. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you.